Our text today is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The word of God for the people of God. Well, it's here. Just one more sleep till Christmas. School is out. Kids are happy about that. Almost as happy as the teachers. The band concerts, piano concerts, dance recitals, basketball, baseball, volleyball, wrestling, and soccer are all going to take a little bit of a break. The shopping is done, I hope. And all the holiday rituals are finished. We've decorated the tree, decorated the house. Uh, We've watched all the holiday movies, except maybe one more tonight, whatever your tradition is. Um, That classic, It's a Beautiful Life, or uh, one of those Hallmark movies. Or uh, in our house, the tradition is to watch on Christmas Eve, The Muppet Christmas Carol. But sometimes... After doing all these things and getting all the way up to Christmas Eve, it still just doesn't feel like Christmas. Sometimes we find ourselves sitting in the living room at night with the lights out, only the lights on the tree, staring at the tree and wondering, what is this really all about? I mean, what does this really mean? Who is this for? And those are good questions, because the way you answer those questions will determine how you experience tomorrow and all the tomorrows after that. And people have a lot of different answers to those questions. Uh, For instance, let's take the question, who is Christmas for? Depending on how you answer that, it has a whole lot to do on how you're going to experience tomorrow. 
Now, some people believe that Christmas is just for children. That's why we celebrate Christmas. And who could deny that children certainly get a tremendous joy out of Christmas? And they bring joy to the rest of us just watching them. You know, they start asking, is it Christmas yet? How, how much longer till Christmas? How many more days? And of course, that's in July. <laughs> and uh, when Christmas, their eyes get, op- get so big as they open their presents, uh, there, there is just something joyous in hearing kids laugh and paper tear. There's just nothing quite like that. And the excitement even rubs off on the adults who are in the room, uh, even though there are battery-powered toys running over their toes. And there's joy, even though your eyes are still a little blurry from those three uh, most horrible words on Christmas morning, some assembly required. (laughs) So children and grandchildren certainly make Christmas fun. And they certainly bring a lot of joy. But you know, there are a lot of people who have no children or no longer have children at home. And they go right on celebrating Christmas. They go right on finding meaning and joy. And for some, Christmas is more meaningful now than it's ever been. And so I say all of that to say that Christmas is not just for children. The more cynical among us say that Christmas is for retailers. It's just a gimmick that businesses promote in order to increase their profits. And Christmas wasn't invented by businesses, but it sure has been taken over by them. And sometimes it does seem that way. There's so much emphasis on buying things and on what you buy and what you get. But I have both seen and experienced that when you don't have a lot of money and you don't get many gifts, you still celebrate Christmas. There's still something there to celebrate. And the joy isn't measured by what is spent or what's received. So Christmas isn't just for retailers. And then a lot of commercials tell us that Christmas is for family. Not families like yours and mine, but families where everybody's always smiling around the table and Everything's perfect, and they all seem to get along just wonderful. Everyone voted for the same person, apparently. (laughs) And everybody always makes it home for Christmas. Everybody is always there. And so there's all those perfect-looking families staring at you from Insta and Facebook. And the irony of it all is that if you're hurting or lonely, it just seems to magnify what everyone else seems to have that you so desperately want. It's strange, I think, that a holiday that focuses on love and joy and peace and hope can be a time that makes those who are lonely and hurting feel even worse. But I I don't think it was ever supposed to be this way. Our images of Christmas have gotten askew. So let's go back to the first Christmas. Let's go back and look at the people who were the first ones to hear the good news that Jesus was born. 
And maybe that'll help us better understand who Christmas is for. The first people to hear about the birth of Jesus, according to Luke, was the shepherds. It wasn't the kings. It wasn't the religious folks. It wasn't the families all huddled around the table or the fire together. It was the shepherds. It wasn't the children. It wasn't the retailers. It was the shepherds. And to get the full impact of what that means, there's some things we need to, to know about shepherds. Now, normally we think of shepherds as, you know, the kindly agrarian type. Uh, we know they were brave because they would fight off wild animals that tried to, to get the sheep. You know, David, the greatest king Israel ever had, was a shepherd. Uh, in the Hebrew Bible, God is referred to often as a shepherd. And um, probably the most beloved psalm, the 23rd psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. And then Jesus even called himself the good shepherd. And so we all think of shepherds in positive terms. But that wasn't how it really was. Back around 4 BC when Jesus were, was born, uh, shepherds were not exactly on top of the social ladder. They, they had a real image problem. Just like some professions today have a real image problem. I mean, for example, um, used car salesmen. Now, I have friends who are, are used car salespeople, and some, some of them are very good folks, but that image is one that, that's kind of tarnished. Lawyers, I have friends who are lawyers, wonderful folks, but that image is one that's often tarnished. As a matter of fact, you can put preachers in there. When people find out I'm a pastor, some are respectful, others put their hand over their wallet. <laughs> There's an image problem. The shepherds had an image problem. And to the people of the first century, the idea of a good shepherd is an oxymoron. Shepherds were despised by religious leaders. Because a big part of being accepted by the religious community was to attend worship and participate in the rituals. Shepherds didn't do those things. They had to work every day. They got dirty. They couldn't attend the ceremonies because they could not remain ritually clean. They worked on holidays. They didn't make it to worship. And because of that, the religious leaders didn't like them. The rabbis actually made a list of thieving, cheating occupations to avoid, and shepherds were on that list. They were near the bottom rung of the social ladder. They were down there with tax collectors and thieves and those folks who have more than 10 items in the express lane at Publix. <laughs> shepherds were even denied certain civil rights. The Jewish law of the day says that a shepherd could not testify in court as a witness. It was because, you know, shepherds, they're all liars. And the rabbis warned people not to buy wool, milk, or a kid directly from a shepherd because it would probably be stolen property. Shepherds were considered no account do anything for a dollar thieves. And if Willie Nelson had lived back then, he would have written... Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be shepherds. 
So the shepherds were outcasts. The religious bunch didn't like them. The town folks didn't trust them. And on this particular night, while others were warm in their homes with their families, the shepherds were spending the night out in the field in the cold with the sheep and a few wineskins filled with the cheap stuff to keep them warm. And then it happened. The Bible says that on the night Jesus was born, the angels went first to the shepherds with the good news. They didn't go to the religious leaders. They didn't go to the wise men. They didn't go to the kings. They didn't go to the families huddled around the living room laughing and having a good time. They went to the shepherds. And the angel said, I bring you good news. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And the angel told him that a Messiah had just been born in Bethlehem and he was still there. And then an entire choir of angels appeared. If you remember last year, we, uh, the series at Advent was called Carols of Christmas and we looked at the songs in the Gospel of Luke. We looked at three of them. We, this was the fourth one. All the other songs in Luke's musical are solos, but this one is, is a choir. It's a choir. It's a choral piece. The shepherds looked around, and there was this huge multitude of the heavenly host, this tremendous choir, and their song is known as the Gloria. It's the shortest of all the songs in Luke's birth narratives. It's only one verse. <laughs> Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. That's it. It's the whole song. You know, it was customary in uh, the Roman Empire for poets and orators to declare peace and prosperity at the birth of one who is to become a ruler. So here it's the angels who declare the birth of the Messiah. There, there is a, a great story in Jewish literature that says that at the end of the sixth day of creation, when God had finished creating, that the angels formed a choir and sang praises to God for creation. This would be the second time they gathered to sing. And like the Magnificat that was read earlier in the Benedictus, this canticle also begins with praise. Glory to God and on earth peace on whom his favor rests. And that's not an exclusive statement because God's favor rests on everyone. It's for everybody. And this one who's born will bring peace to all who are willing to receive him. And you know, as great as this song may have been, and as amazing as it must have been to have seen that angel choir, I think it was the words the angel spoke before the choir special that really got the shepherd's attention. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to, to you. Did you hear that? A Savior has been born to you. He said that to the shepherds. Not the religious folks. Not the folks surrounded by family. You are the reason he came. The shepherds. He came for the folks who needed him most. For some people, this year just doesn't feel like Christmas. 
because life hasn't turned out the way you'd hoped. You don't really care to see the relatives and answer their questions about how's it going because it's not going so well. And you're not in a festive mood. Well, I have good news for you. You're what Christmas is about. Christmas is for you. You are why he came. For you, a Savior has been born so that we can have our lives made right through relationship with him. You are what Christmas is about. He came for you. Some folks are going through difficult times because of illness or financial crisis or maybe even the loss of a loved one. You just don't feel like smiling. You certainly don't feel like celebrating. And I have good news for you. You are why he came. The Savior was born for you. You are the reason there is a Christmas. You're what it's all about. You're why he came. And some folks are struggling because of broken relationships in your life. And you feel alone. You feel lonely. And I have good news for you. You are why he came. You're what Christmas is about. You're the reason he was born. And after the angels left, I believe the words kept ringing in the shepherd's ears. A Savior has been born for you. Not for the kings, the religious folks, and not just for the folks who have it all together, and not just for children, and not just for the retailers, but for you. A Savior is born for you. For us. For us, a Savior is born. Because all of us know what it's like to be lonely. We all know what it's like to be broken and discouraged. And the good news of Christmas calls us to gather around that manger with the shepherds and look at that baby and believe that he was born for us. For us. At our very worst. Christmas can be lonely if you think it's just for children. And Christmas can be depressing if you think it's just for families and you either don't have one or yours is a hot mess. And Christmas can make you feel rotten if you think it's just about the gifts you get or give. But when you understand that Christmas is the time we celebrate that Jesus came for those who are lonely, for those whose relationships are a mess, for those who are facing difficult times, for those who need a new start in life, then this is a season of great hope. A Savior has been born for you because he loves you, because he wants to wrap his arms around you and make you new. No wonder the shepherds left rejoicing because they left knowing that a Savior had been born and he was born for them. And that is my prayer for you and I today, that we leave here rejoicing with the assurance that a Savior 
is born. And he's born for us. Amen.